Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening and welcome to um, Signs, Wonders, and Miracles Monday Night Broadcast. We are so welcome that you have joined us this evening. And today I will be the speaker. My name is Deborah Ross. And um, I will be coming out of John chapter 13. So uh, for those of you that are on, if you have a question, press one on your phone. And once your question has been answered, you press one to release your mic. Okay. <clears throat> I am filling in tonight for Apostle James Vivian. Um, he is kind of preoccupied at this time, so he asked me to uh, step in. Okay. All right. I'm going to pray before uh, we get started. Father God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for bringing us here together as we study your word and as we as we learn, as we grow and change by the renewing of our minds according to Romans 12, and that we move into a deeper understanding of your truth. And I ask that the Holy Spirit to, to fall on us, and I pray that our hearts are open to receive these words of truth. May your word, Lord God, penetrate our hearts and and may it come alive in us. I ask that you move through me and speak through me this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to be coming out of um, John 13. For those of you that's just joining. And I will be reading out of the King James Version. Okay, I'm trying to get situated here. Okay, so I just want to start off with just a little scenario, just kind of get you in the mind frame or the setting of John 13. So imagine that you have been invited to an exclusive dinner at the White House. We know if you get invited to the White House, that's something, that's a big deal. You and 11 others are to be the guests of honor of the President of the United States. So that would make 12 invitees. You arrive at the White House, you approach the door, and instead of being opened by a Secret Service member or a an agent, the president welcomes you himself. And that's an honor. He takes your coat and he hangs it up. 
And then when you sit down for dinner, you know, they will have like a team of servers that will serve you. So instead of a team of servers carrying silver platters coming from the kitchen, the president actually gets up from the table and serves each one of you individually, okay? So basically, that's essentially what's happening in Chapter 13 of John. So I'm going to start reading. <clears throat> now, before the feast, uh, this is 13.1, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him, had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So this is kind of like in the same scenario as the president. He opens the door for you. He takes your coat and hangs it up. And he actually serves you instead of having someone else serve. And as the president, we usually serve him. But being in that position, leadership position, we usually honor that person. But going back to chapter 13 where Jesus is um, washing the disciples' feet, he is the master. He is the king, but he is actually washing the feet of his disciples. So Jesus did not come to be served. He actually came to serve. So let me go ahead. Um, Let's see. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? So when he went to Peter, Peter recognized what Jesus was doing. What he was doing was not in harmony or keeping with the things and conditions of that era. So in that era, kings did not wash your feet. They did not serve you. As a king, you were being served. The king always had all different types of servants. Servants to cook, servants to serve, to clean. Whatever he needed, he had a servant for that. So when Peter asked, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Could it be he asked this question because he was embarrassed to see the Lord, the Messiah, performing duties of a common servant? Because 
that was essentially the task of a slave to do something like washing your feet. Or was it just out of place or inappropriate for a king to wash someone's feet? So we really don't know why Peter asked that. But the Lord responded. He said, Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Then Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now, if you had bathed properly at home, only your feet needed to be cleansing. So when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet, he was essentially um, preparing them He was preparing them um, actually to make them clean within, essentially like if uh, cleansing them from all unrighteousness and all sin. So, <coughs> excuse me. Are there any questions? If so, press 1. And I will open up your mic. Okay. So that's the point Jesus explained in verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Well, let me go back before I get to 15. In verse 10, it says, Jesus said to him, he that is washed needed not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. And so for that verse, um, not all is meaning like Judas Iscariot, which um, Jesus already knew that he would be betrayed by Judas. And going back to verse 2, the devil having put now into the heart of Judas, well, we already knew that Judas was a thief, so he was not clean. Even though Jesus still called him his friend, he still chose him as one of his disciples. He still performed the duties of a servant, even though he was a king. The point I am getting to is that we need to follow the example of Christ. Okay. Verse 11. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? That's verse 15. That's verse 12. Okay, so 
ye call me master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. If I, then your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, he didn't mean this, like, literally, but it was more of a... like a proverb or comparison, we have to follow that example of being a servant as Jesus was, no matter what position we are in. It doesn't matter our leadership position, whether we're the head leader or if we're just somebody just coming to church and don't have a high visible position as someone else. So my question is, how often do you perform the duties of a servant for someone else? So we are not above serving other people. And so too often we are quicker to demand that someone serve us than we are to volunteer to serve others. And you may have noticed like sometimes when people have these higher positions, they expect to be always served instead of serving somebody beneath them, or so they say. And we have to go beyond that because we are no better than anyone else here on this earth God created each one of us, and um, we need to do things in love and be in one accord. So service is at the heart of Jesus' message, and if we miss that part, have we understood anything? So we don't understand what Jesus did and what he said and why he did it, then we missed it. We we don't have a complete understanding because we have to have, we should have the mind of Christ. And then, and let's see, verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So this basically is sandwiched between two references to Jesus' supreme authority. When Jesus approached Peter to wash his feet, Peter was shocked. And like I said, in that era, washing another's feet was an act of submission and uh, humility. So if someone was actually sick, not able to wash their feet or whatever, Would you be humble enough to wash their feet, literally wash their feet? Okay. So the idea that a master or a king would do that to his own servant was unthinkable to someone in Peter's culture. Back in that day, like I said, kings, they didn't wash anyone's feet. I'm pretty sure they didn't even wash their wives, any of their wives' feet, because they were 
rulers, they were in, had all authority. Okay, so so when reading these verses in this chapter, at first you would, it would appear to excuse me contradict the idea of Christ as being Lord or Master because of his humility, his submission to wash his um, disciples' feet to uh, cleanse them because there was a purpose for that. But he he was meek and lowly. He walked in humility. So Jesus clarifies that he's not just denying his supremacy, but he fully accepts the idea that he is their Lord, but it doesn't change the fact that he was meek, he was humble, and he did it out of love. He didn't do it begrudgingly, like, oh, I don't feel like washing these feet, but I'm going to do it because my father said to do it. He was joyful in that, in that. And even though he knew Judas was going to betray him, he still lovingly, willfully washed his feet. Okay, any questions so far? Press one, and I will open your mic. Okay. Okay, so, so I'm going to give you, okay, like I stated before, for, uh, washing feet was a slave's task of Jesus wash his disciples' feet out of humility. And what he was doing, he was trying to, uh, attempting to teach them the principle of servant leadership. So no matter how high we go, we still need to do things out of humility. We still need to have that servant mindset to set an example for those that are coming after us. <clears throat> so secondly, foot, uh, foot washing symbolized clean, cleansing. As I said, it uh, basically uh, cleans his disciples of unrighteousness and all sin, except for the son of perdition, perdition. But that was already prophesied ahead of time so that the Lord's will would be done. So lordship is the point of what Jesus did. The natural human perspective is to look at some types of service or love and say, that's beneath me. And I'm pretty sure we've been all around, uh, been around some people, even whether it's on your job or whether it's a church, uh, well, I can tell you on my job, places that I work, where people will say that that's not my job. Uh, what I do is more important than that, or they feel so. 
So they're thinking that that job or whatever that person does is beneath them. But I still say when you work together, you serve, and you help out, that makes everything work out for the better. So when you have that human perspective about a service being beneath you, it's true when someone, some, some, when we somehow feel more important or more valuable than others. And I can recall a time when I first got into the ministry with Apostle James, and uh, he was ministering at this church here in Kansas City. And uh, I was sitting, he was up front, I was sitting in the pew, and um, a guy walked in, and I think it was three ladies walked in, and the Lord directed me to just happen to look up, and I saw them coming in. And I don't know if it was like I'm seeing in the spirit or but they were coming in like with an air about themselves, like they were so important, like, look at me, I, I'm, I'm so important. And uh, found out they were uh, the guy, a prophet, and the three ladies that were with him were prophetesses. So they ended up walking up there, speaking with, actually sitting down. And I think um, later on, they went up and spoke with Apostle James and wanted prayer. They had uh, questions, is what it was. They had questions about uh, doing deliverance. So when they were up there, each one of them manifested and was delivered from some demons. But after that, they, you know, after that episode right there, they didn't walk out with their heads up. Now, I don't know what happened later on afterwards, if they continued to stay humble. But the point I was making, they they thought that they felt more important than anyone that was in the church. Because they wanted to be looked at, yes, I am this because I I carry this title. So I am very important. So anyway, I pray that they are still humble. But by acting out humble, sacrificial servanthood, Jesus lowers that beneath me line all the way to the floor. So... By his example, what he did, we don't have the right to say something is beneath us when he is Lord over us. He is our king. He is our master. He is our teacher. He is above us. So by his humble act, that destroyed the beneath me. Are there any questions, comments? Press one, and I will open your mic. And then press one again after your question or you have has been answered or your comment is complete. 
Okay, it just looks like it might be a short <laughs> a short broadcast or I'm doing an okay job. So one other attribute, loving service to others is something no believer can brush off as unworthy of their time. So we know God is love. Um, he's humble. He's given, uh, we're living by grace, so if he wasn't loving, we'd all be destroyed or on our way to straight to hell. So we provide loving service to others, and we don't consider it unworthy of their time. And Jesus also says that what he's done is meant to be an example, and we are to follow that example. Is it easy all the time? No, it's not. But the more we practice, the more we become Christ-like. And when we become Christ-like, we become humble. We become meek. We the the love that is in us starts flowing out, and we have that desire to to want to help people, to want to serve people in whatever capacity they need. It's just like when you go to a church, your pastor needs something. Um, and you know there's something that needs to be done then you shouldn't have to sit and wait for him to ask. If you have a serving heart, you're going to get up and you're going to do what needs to be done. You're not going to sit around and wait until your service starts. You're going to get there early. You want everything set up, serving whatever capacity that needs to be. Okay. Now, when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he that doesn't necessarily it, no. It does not mean we Christians are obligated to literally or physically wash the feet of others. So that implication goes farther uh, beyond a ritual. Um, there was a church I went to, and some of the members were saying before I even became a member of that church, their pastor and his wife, the pastor's wife, they set up, um, they had a service where they actually literally washed their feet. Now, my take on that, and it's just my personal opinion, that we cannot cleanse anyone of all unrighteousness, we cannot make them whole. Only Jesus can. <clears throat> so to me, that was more of a ritual. And um, that that um, scripture didn't literally mean for us to physically wash the feet of others. Now, it's different when... Uh, you have a sick person or 
someone, a friend, a family member that is not able to be able to do that, then yeah, you would you would do that as a caregiver, but not as to make them whole and righteous. The next thing is that those who follow Christ ought to follow his example in humility and service. That means to be meek and lonely and hard. So in Matthew 11, go to Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Give you time to get there. And it says, I'm coming out of King James. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So here we are to learn of Jesus. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's, that scripture right there, verse 28, 9, says he is meek and lowly and that we are to learn of him. And once we learn of him, we become like him. And then if, uh, Philippians 2, 5. Here, Philippians 2, 5. And it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that literally means like keeping that thinking, that constantly maintain that attitude within yourself. So your mind, the mind and the attitude that we are to maintain is spelled out in those verses. Actually in um, 2 through 4, which constitute a harmonious living. And we are to live harmoniously. We are to love one another in Christ. And we are to serve one another. That doesn't mean like somebody wants you to do something and it's outside of the word of God. Then no, you don't serve that person. You don't do that. You don't go against God's word. So we are to have the mind of Christ, which when we constantly have this mind, which is in Christ Jesus, we we have that servant-centered mind where it is humble and obedient. I know sometimes it's like, and this was a struggle for me, excuse me, I've been asked to do something. It's like, ah, uh, I don't feel like doing it. I will do it, but I will do it begrudgingly. So it wasn't done out of love. And so I've learned and matured um, 
as I've been growing in the Lord. And that's what we are to do. If we're not maturing, then we need to go back to step one. So our mind and our attitude is being of one accord, of one mind, nothing being done in strife or in temptation to display our goodness in ways that undercut both it and the glory due God for it. So sometimes people, they will do things for their glory, get recognized. They want the pat on the back. They want the accolades. And so when you do that, you, you take away from the glory that's due God. So whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. Whether it's at work, at home, at church, and I know sometimes it can be difficult at all all three places. Even when you're at work, excuse <clears throat> me, you're what you're you may have a boss or a coworker that is just hard to work with. But you have to think, I don't know what scripture that is, but we do what what we do because God gave us the job in the first place. He blessed us with that job. So whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. And when we do that, he will eventually bless us, get us out of that position, move us to a higher position, move us out of that uh, that placement and move us somewhere, you know, even out of that uh, company and move us to a different, a whole different company, better position, better people. Same thing with church. Uh, we do the same thing. Um, you may have a pastor that, or even someone in leadership, <clears throat> excuse me, that is hard to work with, hard to to serve. But put your mindset in a place where you're doing it for the Lord, not for that person, but you're doing it for God because God sets things up. And he knows we're just, we're just uh, walking out his plan. And so when we do that, God gets all the glory. Okay. Eight six four nine eight two. Your mic is open. Yep, your hand was up. Oh, what was the first scripture you came out of? It was about uh, meek and lowly. Oh, that was the second one. That is coming out of. I'm actually teaching out of John um, chapter thirteen, but that was Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty. But you come from John 13, right? Yeah. Okay. I wanted, I, I, okay, but what's the first scripture, Dean? It was in thir- John 13 what? Uh, I'm reading John 13 through, oh, I think it's 17. Yeah, John 13, 1 through 17. Okay. 
Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Make sure you press Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So make sure you press one to lower your hand. Okay. So back to whenever um, you're doing things to get accolades and in and your glory. Can you close your mic? Press one to close your mic. Okay, so I'm sorry. Um, when we are trying to get our own glory and undercut what uh, the glory of God, when we know that we have pride, so when we do that, that means we are not to inordinate pride in ourselves or achievements, and that is excessive vanity because we want to be seen. We want everybody to know, oh, I'm a prophet. I'm a prophetess. I am an apostle, whatever it is, in in the body of Christ. But we know that one member cannot operate by itself. We have to have all members to operate that we can maintain being on one accord, being of one accord and of one mind. And that's where... God is trying to get us back to, to be on one accord, one mind, as on the day of Pentecost. And we know what happened on the day of Pentecost. They all came together. Not just the apostles, but the other people, other disciples were speaking in tongues and speaking in a language that they did not know, but the other people that were witnessing this, they realized that they were speaking in their native language, their native tongue. So when we operate on one accord in love and have the mind of Christ, just imagine what God would do. No matter where we are, just think we will see his glory. Just things that we probably never even thought about seeing or have ever witnessed seeing. But we don't want to have pride. We want we want we want to be meek and lowly. We want to have the mind of Christ because um scripture says, Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Okay, so um, in John 13, 12 12 through 20 is Jesus' explanation of his um, humble act. So washing the feet of his disciples, Christ freely accepts his role as Lord and Master. Even though he stated that, uh, even though he washed his disciples' feet, he says, if I then, this verse 14, no, 13, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so am I. So he acknowledges he is the master, he is the king, he is Lord. But 
He's subservient. He is humble. So that is the driving point of what he is trying to get us to be. So all of us who claim the name of Jesus, we are to follow his example. That means humility and service for others. So if the Lord served others, so too we should serve those who follow him. Excuse me, and uh, are there any questions now or comments? Press one, two, and I will open your mic. Okay. Five oh one two oh eight, your mic is open. Yes, you know, I've been off and on, but as you was talking about one body with many members, right, that makes sense. That's exactly right. We have to work together on everything because we are we are one body, one flesh, one thing. That's what we are. And you said also we have to have this mind, which is also in Christ Jesus, because we have to be able to work together. The Bible says how can two work together, walk together, except they agree. So I'm agreeing in everything you said. You're doing a good job, sister. Oh, to God be the glory. He's giving it to Amen. me. Amen. 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 Do I need to push one again or can you do it? No, you have to push one. Are there any other questions or comments? So those of you who got on late before I uh, finish this up, I want to go back and I started off with putting you in the mindset. Uh, let me go back. Kind of give you an idea of how I got to this point. So I started out in John chapter 13 and I said, imagine, imagine that you have been invited to an exclusive dinner at the White House. Okay. You and 11 others are to be the guests of honor of the President of the United States. Now, when you think about that, the President of the United States inviting you to the White House, that is something special. Because everybody doesn't get invited to the White House. I mean, you know, you can go there in certain areas that you can tour, but you do not get invited um, to go to certain areas. So then you arrive at the White House, you approach the door, and instead of being opened by a Secret Service member or agent, guess who opens the door? The president himself. He welcomes you. He takes your coat. He hangs it up. And when you sit down for dinner, instead of a team of service carrying silver platters, the president actually gets up from the table and he serves each one of you individually. So that's kind of the mindset 
when you look at that, the president, you in chapter 13, John, you see that Jesus being humble, whereas the president in this situation, he's being humble serving. We know that the president is not really going to serve anybody. He has a team of servers that takes care of all that. I just wanted to kind of put you in that mindset. Okay. Any questions? Comments? Bible One, your hand is still up. Do you still have a question or no? Nope, it just said unmuted again, but I'll, I'll mute again. But that was a very good um, example that you use, you know, using the uh, president and Jesus coming in and washing the feet of the disciples, right? Because he said, I came to be ser- to serve and not to be served. And, yeah, and like mm-hmm. you said earlier, like you said earlier, we always want to be served. And if things don't go our way, then we got a problem. But we are here to serve. When we become ministers or workers in, in, the, in the ministry, that's what we're to do. We're here for, to do service. We're not here for somebody to wash our feet. We're here to wash somebody else's feet. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to push one again. Okay. Oops. So um, thank you for that. Uh, also, uh, a church that I was, was actually going to, um, well, I'm going to put it this way. If, if the uh, pastor of the church, pastor's wife of the church was actually clean. I see your hand up, um, 864. I'll open your mic in a minute. Um, was humble as far as cleaning the men's and women's restroom. It didn't matter what position that she was in. She actually came in and she was actually cleaning. So she was doing a service for the church. Eight six four nine eight two. Your mic is open. Um, yeah, Devorah. But I was thinking about the scripture where, when Jesus was uh, at the wedding, and uh, you know his mother was there, and so she told the servants, she said, "Do whatever he say, do." I think sometimes, no matter, sometimes we 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 don't want to humble ourselves, but we have to because the Bible does says that he resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. And I have been in that in that opportunity where I wash somebody's feet because God told me to wash it. Um, it's an awesome privilege. Uh, a lot of times we think to serve is making us uh, weak, but really serving is a strength. And you know when you can lay down your title, and like you said with the lady, you know, saying an example of the pastor's wife or anybody, even even the uh, pastor itself, if the bathroom needs to be clean. Can he take that tail off and go clean that bathroom? Anybody. You know, I think that sometimes we put um, people in spotlights, but the only person in the spotlight is, is Jesus himself and God. And so, you know, Pastor, you know, God is his word. And so whatever, if we abide by his word and his, and his word abide enough, we should be producing the same thing that Jesus is producing every day in every circumstance and in every way. 
Now, every day ain't going to be a good day. Because God didn't promise us that. But he said, we've been made do it for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So, um, you know, what? It's, it's a it's an opportunity to serve and know that when you're serving, you do it in Jesus' name, and you give him all the honor and glory and praise that, you know, he'll reward you. He said, do it in secret, but I reward you openly. So that's what I have to say towards that. But, yeah, I, you, you're coming from a good topic, uh, DeVore, and, yeah, you are doing a good job. Thank you, and to God be all the glory. But, yeah, I agree with that. Amen on what you said because we got to take ourselves, we got to remove ourselves from the situation and just focus on God. Our mind should stay on Christ. And um, whatever we do, we do it for his glory. And like you stated, uh, Karina, that uh, we do that in secret, and he will reward us openly. But when we feel like we are better and we can't serve, that means you got pride and you need to get rid of that pride. And like you said, God has grace for the humble, and that's the way he wants us to be, be Christ-like. And that's what we need to strive every day to be like, and that is Christ. He is a good example. He set so many good examples for us to be like him. Okay, so any more questions or comments? And I can't tell, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know why. Okay, Karina's hand went down. I'm not sure why. Uh, Rabbit, your hand went, it's still up. Oh, Karina, did you have another Comment or yeah, well, no, I, I just want to say, you know, I did say this, and I think people need to really hear this. Um, the greatest uh, thing that we can do is serve. And, you know, it's yeah. not about a title. It's not about a position. But if we can only see that that greater thing, that when we humble ourselves and God turns us into him, you know, we have to renew our mind to get the mind of Christ, and we got to talk the word, speak the word, and live the word. You know, it starts at home first, and we just can't come out and say, I'm I'm this and I'm that and I'm, not, and I'm that and I'm this. I just really believe that the church really needs to wake up and realize that um, I think Apostle said it's three things, and he said, well, right now he's doing corrections. And I think if we don't take hold of uh, God's corrections, um, a lot of us going to miss out. And I don't think God, you know, it's, it's a um, how does God say that? Um, it's a beautiful thing to fall into the hand of a living God. So we have to always be mindful that whatever we do, God sees, He knows, He knows all about it. So if we just rely on Him and depend on Him, you know, moment by moment, I say second by second, moment by moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, as I make it through the day until at night. You know, I can say, thank you, Jesus. I didn't do some of the things I, I desired to do, but I humbled myself. And some days I have to say, God, I, you know what? I'm going to mess up. I feel like I'm going to mess up. So I just submit myself to you completely, and I trust you to take me through this day. So, um, you know, I just think that we got to really realize we are servants. Everybody's a servant. Even Apostle James is a servant. Everybody, nobody has a, has a title where they can just say, I'm not going to do, you know, but we're supposed to lead by example 
And um, I just, I, it, that just really gets to me that, you know, we really don't realize that we are all servants in, in God. And God gets all the glory and all the honor and all the power and all the praise. And I shut my big mouth before. Um, but I, I, I thank you for letting me talk. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for that uh, comment. So, yeah, we uh, we were made for God's pleasure. We weren't made for our own pleasure. We did not create ourselves. We did not create anything. God created everything. He created us. And that is the way he wants us to be, like his son, Jesus. Meek and lowly, humble, we serve one another in love and humility. And once we do that, it'll be a better place, better environment, wherever you go, wherever you go. So as Karina stated, nobody is above anybody to serve. Okay. So uh, in conclusion, unless there's uh, any other questions or comments, Any other questions or comments? Okay. So, in conclusion, uh, the summary of this is Jesus meets with a uh, smaller group, his 12 disciples, in a private setting. After eating their meal, Jesus performs the work of a lowly servant. He was washing the feet of his disciples. All of them, even the one that was going uh, to betray him, Judas Iscariot, he still served him by washing his feet. It didn't matter uh, what he knew or what he thought. Still was subservient. He was serving. And when he was doing that, he was explaining that this is an object lesson. Like all of us in the body of Christ. We need to do that. Even the ones out of the body of Christ, even though they don't know it, that's what uh, we're to do. As Karina stated, we're all to serve. We are servants. And in the body of Christ, we are servants of the most high God. So the Lord was willing to serve in humility, and so we are obligated to do the same. As disciples of Christ, we are to do the same. And so we are followers of Christ. So by and since we are followers of Christ, we straight toward one another. So we just demonstrate love one towards another by serving each other in humility. So what does your love for others reveal? This is a question that you need to ask yourself. In private, what does your love for others reveal? Does it reveal true love, true humility? And then would people know you are a disciple of Jesus Christ because of the sacrificial way you love? Or are they going to see something different? Because you're in the way. You're putting yourself first. And you're not showing the love of God the way God showed love for you because if he didn't, excuse me, he didn't have love for us, 
you, us, we'd all probably be dead. Or on a rocket straight to hell. Right? Okay, so if there are no more questions, Rabbit, uh, you still have your hand up. Do you have a question? Okay, no. Karina, did you have another question? Yeah, I think that um, system you on is malfunctioning because you can put your hand down and it will tell you you up and everything. And that's what, I think that's why you see rabbit hands. But I do have a, a comment or something that God is telling me. Um, you know, uh, like you said, um, God didn't love us. And um, if he didn't wheel on and tell us and correct us, you know, we'll be spoiled brat. But we get whoopings and chastisement by God. But, you know, one thing, the greater thing God's trying to get out of all of us is to really love one another as we should love ourselves. you got to first love God, and then you got to love yourself, and then you got to love your neighbor. And I always tell people, I don't tell people I'm a Christian. I walk it. You know, I, I heard this from one preacher. He said, watch my footsteps and see where I go. You know, I step. You know, we put on that whole armor every day. Our steps should be leading us closer to to Christ, and you know what? Right now, I really just, I really sense that uh, His coming is very near, and I just behoove all of us to be ready, because um, we don't know what day or hour, but it's being set up, and we know it's being set up, and we'd be ignorant not to know that it's set up because God done gave us warnings through the prophets and the teachers and the bishops and everything. You know, it's a universal language. And God speaks one word, and it goes around the world. So, you know, when you got a good pastor or a good teacher or a good apostle, a good prophet, bishop, whoever, and even if it's just a, the, the person sitting on the back of the seat tell you something about Christ, we need to listen. And we just need to just love, 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 love. And I Amen. think Bishop tells, hey, Bishop tells us in 113, uh, 1 Corinthians one thirteen, read it every day. Get it in, get get it in. That's what God's love is all about. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm proud of you, girl, because I know that you get, this is like all for you. But I believe you'll be in this position one day. But you know, keep on talking the word, speaking the word, doing the word. That's all we can do, and help one another as much as possible. And you know what? I don't care if you come in poor, you come in rich looking. You know, and James he talks about that. You know, we take that rich, that rich-looking person, put him on the front seat, and that mm-hmm. poor person has to sit back. But that's not the way God deals with things. You know what? He's getting ready to reverse stuff. You know, when we look at people, oh, they ain't nothing. But you know what? It's God that that brings us forth. And um, I, I'm just happy to be on broadcast with you. You know what? I miss y'all because I'm not with y'all, but my heart desire to be there. If I could, I'd take, you know what, every weekend I would fly up there if God gave me the money, too. But you know what, I, I I thank God that I'm grateful. I'm very grateful and humble because um, he did get me with y'all, and I'll, y'all always be my family no matter where I go. But, you know, you be blessed. And, we you know, I do have to speak blessing over Rhonda and her son and Dorothy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
speak life to them and not death. And we we mm-hmm. speak healing and life, uh, not being healed because God heals. He's a healing mm-hmm. and children bread. And I might be out of order, but I, I had to say that because we need to lift each other up because the devil is really out to steal, kill, and destroy. And God didn't God just didn't put that in his word. He told us the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we ought to watch each other's backs and pray for one another. I don't Amen. care. That's just pray and, and get in God's will. And you know what? If we get in his will, he'll come back faster for us. But we can't use that cop out. Come on, God. Come on, give us. And I, I'm learning that's a cop out. You know what? Why can't you endure temptation? Why can't you do what God tells you to do? Why you want a cop out of this and that? You know what? I'm learning. You know, if I be still, he'll fight my battles. Yeah, if I mm-hmm. talk too much, me. And But you know what? I just learned to love everywhere I go. And if I offend somebody, I say, oh, please forgive me. I don't care if you're white, black, or whatever. I just choose to love you. And that's mm-hmm. my choice. And I, I, I choose to be behind the cross because that, that's the one that, that died for me. And I, have, I owe him everything in my life. And I will never forget what he has done for me. And I thank him for introducing me to y'all. And I'm going to shut up now, Devor, so you can close out. <laughs> thank you, Laura. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but remember, everything's subject to change but God. So you never know what he'll do where you'll be able to fly here every weekend or even once a month. So, Okay. Any more questions or comments before I close out? Okay. So, Lord, you are our God. We just ask that you fill us with your love and that it will overflow to those in our circles of relationships. We ask you to help us to follow Christ's example in humility and service for others. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to do your will. Help us to be not be conformed to this world. But be let our minds be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to resist being poured into the mold of the present thinking and conduct of this world, that we just walk in love and be servants as the Lord Jesus Christ set an example for us, as that you would draw people to Jesus because of the love they see in our lives. And we pray for all the words that you have sown into our hearts this day. We ask that you watch over them and protect them. And may these words produce good fruit, that you may be glorified. And as we close now, we thank you that you walk with us. And we just lift up um, those that are, uh, we lift up Dorothy, who started this broadcast, and she's still in the nursing home. We ask you, Lord God, just to touch her, to heal her, her and her husband, Father God. And uh, we just pray that all the fluid around her heart be drained uh, and that you would just give her a new heart. And we just lift up Rhonda right now, Father God, and we just pray that, that you will do a creative miracle uh, and give her a gallbladder and a, a new colon, a new intestine, Father God, and that the scars from the surgery be very minimum and that um, she will have a full and speedy recovery. And we just ask that you touch her son, Chauncey, right now, Father God, that um, you will um, give him a new kidney, that he will not have to go through dialysis. We know, Father God, that you can do all things. And we know that up there in heaven, you have room 
full of all these organs, and we're just asking that you deposit them into your children right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Well, that concludes our service, our Friday, our Monday night broadcast. I thank each and every one of you for joining. I thank you, each one of you that um, had questions or comments. Much appreciated. And we will meet again, God willing, next Monday at 6 p.m. God bless each one of you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.